Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Welcome to the Fire in the Belly podcast with special host Liam O'Neill, the Prove It Guy. I have an awesome guest today. My guest is the mighty Pete, founder of Fire in the Belly. Uh, Pete, welcome to your show. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, God, you're quite good at this. You could actually, you could take my spot. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's a great introduction. Thank you. Thank you for having me to my show. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a dream of mine to get myself on your show to interview you. Uh, I love the idea of this whenever you brought it to me because how many people get to see what's behind the the host? So I'm really excited just to see where this conversation goes and where Fire in the Belly came from and how you got to be the interviewer that you are. So do you want to start us off with where did this come from? How did like how are we here? <laughs> How are we here? So um, this is where I completely lose track of time and concept of what is because we've had a, a few little things like pandemics. But um, in twenty two years ago, I'm gonna, let's go with that. Let's two years ago, roughly, and it would be actually two years about now. Um, we came up. I, I just I was scratching my head, unless I was a, a stage in my life where I was going, you know, what what's the difference between people? Why do some people actually, you know? stand up and do amazing things and other people just stand up and do nothing you know it's not that they're doing nothing they just we just have different drives ambitions desires right you know and i was just trying to understand what it was now in fairness i was looking for that myself you know i was sort of really um i think having you on the show is going to make me quite potty mouth here so (laughs) i was about to go in a long swearing spiel there but uh yeah so it's just you know i suppose i was at a point where i was actually uh, wondering what it was all about and what I wanted to do and all the rest, which led me then to, to sort of say, right, well, okay, if you want to know how something is possible or whatever, you look to other people, right? People that have done it or been there or had it or, you know, talk about it, et cetera. So that's what you start doing. You listen, listen to other people and listen to their stories and where they've done and what it means to them. And that's kind of where, that's where I sort of believed that the actual next progression step was for me. And then once you've done that, you're kind of going, right, well, cool. Let's go and let's go and speak to Liam and see what, you know, what the path was for him. And then you go to the next person, the next person. Now, this wasn't supposed to be a podcast. That's the one thing. Um, <laughs> it just kind of, yeah, it, it just, it was supposed to, originally supposed to be a book. And then I got diagnosed with the dyslexia and ADHD. So it was like, okay, so I kind of need somebody to help me out. So I got a, an, an, a book coach. So um, it was great. But then we had so much content, right? Because she was saying, right, we'll just start talking to people and then we can pull out the content. So that's cool. And what I've since learned is people talk about 10,000 words an hour. Uh, I probably talk a little bit more than that. But, um, you know, so like a, a, a medium-sized book. So, for example, maybe a 100-page book might be roughly 15,000 words, 20,000 words maybe at most. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you kind of go on, okay, so theoretically I could actually, you know, spew out a book or two books in, in that time, you know? So when you're interviewing people, it's saying, well, okay, it's amazing to have that conversation and it's too much, um, you know, so for me to have condensed that into a book, I would have taken maybe five minutes or two minutes of what they've said, dumped the rest on the floor, uh, sort of respectfully speaking, and then that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the actual beauty is it's not about where you are today because that's easy to say, yeah, I am who I am sitting here in front of you today. Well, well that's great. That tells me absolutely nothing whether that's a brilliant place or that's a terrible place. So there's no contrast. And so what the actual podcast mm-hmm. allowed us to do was give us the contrast and go on, what does that mean? You know, I'm great today. Is, does that mean that's, that's below standard, above standard? You know, it's not factual. It's a story. Um, so by bringing it into the podcast, it allowed us to bring it into life. There was just too much. I mean, too much great stuff. People who are successful, who had highs, lows, all the rest, and really, that's the bit I loved about the podcast, hearing the story, because then suddenly you go, do you know what? Hats off to you for where you are today. Hats off to the stuff you've been through. Hats off to the fact that you're alive, sane, you know, putting the world on fire, doing whatever you're doing, you know, because of everything you've been through. So that's the bit that brought the, the um, you know, the actual whole thing into play for me. And listen, the podcast was an amazing place. And I say, and I always say, it's like, it's not really about me. And there's a space holder and just let the person flow, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I know I kind of went around the whole roundabout there, but yeah. That- <laughs> I, I love the idea. One of the things I always like when I hear this stories like this, and I've heard your story a couple of times with um, whenever you did the TED, TED talk and, and just the different things that we've been talking about. And you went looking for the thing that you developed before you even went looking for it because you had to be the person that stood up and took action to go and find the people who have stood up to take action. So I, I just love that that was overlooked at the start, but where you're like, how do people succeed when others don't? I'm going to find out. And in that moment, you've just done exactly what you want to do. There's something clicked in your brain. You're like, I'm going to find out. But it gets overlooked because at the time we think we don't have the information or we're going to learn it. So I love that it turned into like the, the fact that you had, a, a book idea and then you're diagnosed and that gives you a perfect excuse to go back to the person who just sits down and does nothing and goes well i did give it a go but you're the man in the white coat said i can't do it so i'll not but you change tack and then you've ended up with a book which is in the background mm-hmm. and also uh with a an amazing podcast so whenever you say you're holding space wh- when did you get to the point where you realized Right, this isn't about me talking to the person and learning. It's about me just being there for them to not talk at, but sort of talk with, but not expect anything off you. So was there a moment where it just clicked for you that you were like, this is what I need to be doing? Yeah, I t- I, you know, I, I was a bit of a slow learner. I've, I've always been a wee bit of a slow learner sometimes. You're like, I didn't quite realize I was doing... I almost have thought this is my duty and, you know, as a, a dutiful and loyal, you know, um, loyal servant to it, you know, that actually this is here. And it's like, it's, you know, someone else's story is too good to be, to not be heard. And that was the thing. It was almost like going, you know, my job is just to, you know, be the highlighter here, you know. And like, even from the, I, like, I'll never forget the very first conversation. It's like, as much as I could, I was, 
um, I was keeping quiet because the person, it was my brother-in-law that like the very, very start that it was just this conversation and it was like, it got deeper and deeper and deeper and, and his journey, but we were there together. It was kind of a, it's kind of, kind of hard to describe, but you know, when someone's describing their passion or what their why is or whatever, they bring it into so much detail and passion that you can't help but be there with them. Um, and that happened from the very start. And then literally it was just one after the other, after the other, because like the interview started before the podcast was even came about as a concept, you know, so we were sitting with interviews, like I say, with the intention of stripping them apart for their words only. And yeah. then it realized it's like, actually, do you know what, if I sort of format or correct this properly, then it can become a show, you know, and it has a multiple format. So in my background, I suppose, is like I look at engineering and, and, you know, with my business and all that, it's kind of, it's also a case of how do you do, you know, more for less or how do you maximize your time? So then I was going, well, listen, I, I learned about podcasts and, and audiobooks at that time, again, because of the dyslexia and because of saying, how do I fit more in my day? Because I don't have any more time. In fact, I got less because we had young kids. So you then go, I've got to change my techniques. And also I learned that because of that, you know, because of dyslexia, I'm never naturally going to pick up a book and go, oh, it's great to read a book, isn't it? You know, that's just not my thing. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Because whenever, like, whenever that sort of diagnosis, and listen, I'm not going to get into in terms of how, you know, different people have different views on dyslexia and all those things and diagnosis. But whenever someone says, says listen, it's okay to just not be good at that. That there's something very freeing about that to go, cool. I'm just going to drop that as a bad habit. And so let's look at something else. So audiobooks, cool. Interviews, cool. I have no problems using the hole in the front of my face. Um, so why not focus on that instead of trying to write long things and do all that? So um, right from the start, that that was the beauty of the interviews. And it just it, it let people flow and just go where it felt natural. Um there's something about putting a microphone in front of people. It, it sort of stops people from slipping into a pity party. It keeps people focused, you know, so they're not sort of, you know, drifting off halfway through the conversation or taking a phone call, or whatever, you know. So it's kind of weird when they say, come on to the show. So already they're sort of, they're heightened in their senses and, you know, and they're on their best behavior because the mic there and you sort of, you know, this, a lot of this is all to do with the pre-prep anyway, that you're actually sort of mm -hmm. getting guests ready and saying, we're going to talk about your passions. And then, so when they get on the show, they're actually almost the problem is they're kind of nervous. So the first, first while you have to talk them down a bit and, you know, and sort of say, listen, it's going to be cool, but um, they'll, they'll say what they're sort of wanting to say. And then after that, we get to start then digging and, uh, you know, sort of looking at the language and the words, but um, I find more and more I get to, sometimes you get to dig that's too deep enough for a podcast, but then I know I could keep digging, but then it becomes unusable, you know, and it's like, yeah. uh, is it my job also to completely dig holes in other people's lives? Not holes, but just sort of look behind stones and corners and see what's there. So that's the one thing I've learned is actually knowing when to either stop or to, to sort of walk around the, the landmine or the, you know, the rabbit hole that we could go down. So um, that bit's been quite an, an, you know, an interesting process, let's just say. Do you think that you notice more about people than the average person? And, do you, and this is a two-part question. And do you think it's because of doing the shows or do you think it's just been heightened because of the show? You're starting to realize, actually, like you said there, you 
you see the rabbit hole and you're like, I could take them down that. But like the way I would look at it, the way it was described is almost like because you you like to help people, there's a part of you's like, well, if we go down this rabbit hole, I could probably clear a lot of baggage. But then I'll not work in that. Is this my job? <laughs> so do you think that's been improved by the podcast or do you think it's something that's come out of the podcast do you think you were already someone that saw behind the curtain or is the podcast brought that out in you i I think it has to be the podcast but i think that's the point when you're doing a passion or something you love you want to get better at it you want to learn more and that's the one's triggered the other right so it started off i mean my early interviews were rough i just asked questions that felt right I think it's something I was probably naturally quite good at anyway, that's one, that you actually shut your mouth and listen, um, and two, then you ask a question that you feel is right. Now, all that's happened, I suppose, I say all, but I mean, what has happened through the time is, you know, I've looked more at language of, you know, patterns you start to see in certain people, the words that people use, the, you know, the cues that you start to get. Well, now I actually catch them quicker, um, and it's still only a fraction of really sort of what the catch is. Um, you know, so I think definitely I've evolved through this process and that's the thing I, I enjoy doing it. So as a result, you know, I do a lot of NLP stuff. I do, you know, a lot more with mentorship. I do a lot more, you know, sort of detailed discussions, including with yourself and, and other people. And that's, that's what fascinates me is actually the answer can be, often be in the gap. You know, it's it's the word not being said, or it's the look, or it's something else, um, and people don't even know. And people going, "I don't know what's wrong with me." It's like you just told me. It's like, yeah. no, no, I really, I don't know what's wrong with me. Blah 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 blah. blah. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like, yeah, seriously, you just told me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, so for me now, it's kind of it's so obvious, and I have to decide. It's like, do I want to pull this pin because this may make this interview unusable? Which is fine because actually, ironically, the interviews, I would say it's almost that's the the base service. That's that's the intention. Uh, the podcast is a nice to have if the interview is going to serve. Um, and that's why we do have quite a high rate of interviews that will never be shown. Um, literally, because we have over well over 100 episodes that will never see the light of day. And that's simply because it could be too emotional, could be. You know, and this is what I talked about in the TED talk and the TEDx talk was simply it's just they're just not ready to see the light of day. Um, and that's the thing, because quite often yeah. that I think it's very telling for humans. It's like parts of us were ready to show the world and parts of us were not. And if you get someone or you're in the right environment that potentially crosses that boundary, um, that's when it starts to slip out. And if someone's there to start pulling the loose thread, then things start to unravel. And then next thing you know, actually this is not going to serve the outside world for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, I think that's where I have to decide. But I, I actually think my base service and my my core intention is with the person on the interview. Um, whether it's for the public or not is something that's decided after the interview. And that's why I pre-record. That's why I say to anyone, if you're not happy, we put the interview on ice before once they've done it and have a sleep on it because – we might wake up the next morning and go, why did I say that? Or what's wrong? You know, that's happened more times. People going, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And the next day and they go, actually, I thought about that. And actually that's not fine or vice versa. You know, I've had people saying, oh, I really shouldn't have said that. And then they come back and go, do you know what? I got brave overnight and just said, that's me. Let's go. You know, so yeah. it's, a, it's amazing. Amazing psychology, right? 
what I love about it is you talk about passion a lot and having the passion for what you're doing. And a lot of people that I, that do podcasts and I've met over the years of doing this as well, would they'd be devastated if they interviewed someone for an hour, even if it was gold, like they really helped the person, but they couldn't use it. They'd be like, that was such a waste of my time. Whereas like we've talked about this a lot, you've had, you've, like you said, you've a lot of interviews that'll never see the light of day, but you never look at it like a waste of time. It's always either you're growing as an interviewer, you've helped the person start to unravel things, which then adds on that the good thing about your ability is that if you help them unravel, you can tidy it back up again and help them grow from it. A lot of people pull the pen and throw the grenade and then be like, let's just see what happens. And they don't know how to deal with it. So I love that idea. If it's, it comes right back to what you're saying, you're holding space Mm. for the person. Uh, It's, it's no, it's known when to pull the pen and when not, Um, you know, and that's, yeah, I, I don't. It's it's like a batting average, right? You know, you sort of, or you know, any sort of average saying. But bearing in mind, the podcast is not the end intention. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, the the deep connection is the intention, and the podcast is it's nice to have, yes, um, because it can serve so much more. But you know, so that's the thing. I never get confused between the two, um, and there is times of going. I know that we're going to go too deep here, but I know it's of service to the person, and for that, I'm fine. You know, it's um, because it will change. And ironically, some of the best interviews I've, I've done, um, nobody ever, nobody will ever know about, but the person knows. And, I, you know, we've had some amazing messages back and what's changed for them and all the rest. And, and that's fine. That's, that's cool. You know, that's what's, what else do you want in the world? You know, we don't have to always share it from the rooftops. Because um, yeah. I know, I mean, some of the big stuff's coming. I know it is you know, in terms of just bigger guests, different experiences, you know, taking things to another level. Um, and for that, it's like, this is all, this is all preparation is, is maybe disrespectful. It's not, I mean, it's, it's all just building the experience so that actually when, you know, you do know when to have the deep conversation or, you know, I've, I've had conversations and people are pretty much either suicidal and, you know, I can actually, you know, talk around that quite a bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, or vice versa, people and and you know they're top of the game, or they're just they're sabotaging and they're doing all these different things, you know, and the, the language that we know and they're kind of going, there's just I'm ninety nine percent right, but there's one percent not, and most people go, oh, listen, you're all right, or suck it up, or you know, don't worry about it, or whatever, you know, and it's it's like telling someone else that you'll be all right. It's kind of that's that's the most pointless thing you could say to someone. Mm-hmm. Or even saying to someone, giving your giving your opinion to somebody else is totally pointless. You know, because they're saying, oh, you should slow down or you should speed up or you should do this or you should paint that wall pink or do whatever. It's like, that's your opinion reflected on them. Whereas actually, if you listen to their yeah. words and they're kind of, they're telling you what's wrong, you just have to, you have to listen long enough to be able to, they won't, they won't necessarily tell you, but you'll, you'll pick it up in, in potentially the, the language or the reflection or something else. And if you just bang on that door long enough, then suddenly they will start to, you know, the focus changes and then suddenly they're actually able to look at it themselves. And if it comes from them, then it's genuine and it's, 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 you know, it's transformational. Um, If you sort of go, I think you should do X, Y, and Z, they may take on X, Y, and Z will get dropped. And then after a while, they're kind of going, why am I doing X? You know, so it's just, it's that side. I mean, 
it's coaching versus mentoring versus counseling versus, you know, sort of inspirational speaking, right. You know, it's, it's the difference between them all. So, um, yeah, not something I, I, I suppose I've learned and tried to learn anyway. It sounds like active listening is a massive part of what you do being like you're saying, holding space. And I don't know what way the listeners and viewers will, would think of holding space, but whenever you describe everything else for me, it sounds like when you say you hold space, you actively listen and actively listening means you can feed back the statements that they make, the questions you can ask the right things. And then you have this wealth of knowledge and understanding of people because you've interviewed like 200 odd more different people. And then you're like, it's easy to see patterns when you immerse yourself in human nature so that you can learn. Whereas if you had it just went in to get this podcast going, I'm just going to interview everyone as fast as I can and go and I have a podcast and I'm done. And we come here and I go, what's the podcast about? You'd be like, people, there's people on it and they're really good. So I love the idea that like you're there, you don't care if the interview never makes a light of day as long as there's something that the person gets out of it. You, Even when you talk about the messages coming back, you really care about the message coming back. So that leads me to a thought I had um, earlier is, is there... Is there a certain type of question that you love to ask people? Like, is there something that you think this is the one that's become you almost your key to the lock? Or is that too wide? No, I mean, there, there is. It's, it's kind of hard to do it out of context, if that makes sense. Um, you know, th- there's always big questions out there anyway, you know, and it, it also depends if you're ready to listen, you know. Um and that's the one thing, even through sort of reading books or interviews, sometimes I, I can pick up some days I, I won't be, you know, um, I'm in good form and I see it and I'm switched on even more, you know, so I even like there's different, it's not just a case of, oh, today I'm listening, tomorrow I'm not. It's, it's can be different levels or you miss something or context. Um, I think, I mean, one thing that's always been lasting is like, do you like yourself? Do you love yourself? That's always been a deep question. And mm. it's, it's quite in terms of like almost a decision tree, it kind of shoots people off down a, a rabbit hole in, in one or either direction. You know, when people sort of say, do I like myself? Not really. Okay, we're going this way today. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you just kind of know then, you know, vice versa. People say, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's always been there. I think people know in their clarity of their journey. So quite often you get people who like to talk about themselves or their journey and that's, that's their thing. There's other people will tell stories to, and almost help their, their guiders, their, you know, their facilitators, if you like. So they'll bring people on a journey, maybe theirs, maybe somebody else's, but they're very much about the listener here. I'm going to take you on a journey as opposed to, I'm going to tell you about my journey. Yeah. Massive or, difference. Massive difference. Totally. And then, or then you get people go in the, in the sort of, uh, into the eyes like I had this happen to me they don't even know they're telling a story they're just telling you more or less repeating what's happened in their lives I mm-hmm. I got this I got that that happened you know so you're more or less kind of almost like taking a, a police witness statement you know I did this and then I did that you know it's like I kind of forgot that anyone was listening to this I'm just telling you the facts so you have different levels of people coming on the show some people are very well spoken some people aren't um, not that they're not well spoken, but in terms of actually communicating their message or what's going on. So um, I kind of love that little bit in between when somebody is just starting out in their journey and they have real fresh passion 
and they kind of got this little glimmer of an idea and they think it's there and they're kind of slightly coy about it and going, I really think this could be wonderful and I think this could be fantastic. And, and you can tell they've got all the fresh, you know, just vibrant energy off it. They haven't got the depth of wisdom to be able to explain it completely. You know, so there's, there's a little touch of naivety about it or a touch of uncertainty, but yet they're willing to sort of be brave enough to find out. So you get it. It's, it's a mixture of vulnerability and, and, you know, passion mixed in with all that. It's like, like when anyone's got a fresh idea, it's, it's a very vulnerable time for them because it'd be very easy to stamp on someone's dream. You know, it's like, I've come up with this product and I think it'd be brilliant. And, you know, I couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking about it. You could easily jump in and go, yeah, I saw that on QVC last week. And you go, oh, okay, yeah. I've just killed their dream, right? Um, or else it could be like, listen, that sounds fantastic. I love the energy that you're putting across here. It actually doesn't matter what I say, um, but actually, the, you know, when you hold them in that space, you can there's a there's not a lot of vulnerability so you got to be respectful there um you know you sort of bring them into that warm space and then eventually go i'm just going to smash you on the ground you know what does that achieve you know so um sorry again i've gone off down my own rabbit hole but uh, <laughs> you must have a lot of people that come back to you because you are good at holding space and you must have a lot of people that come back like a, maybe a year or a month or six months later and say remember that wee idea that i had and you back to me and said you thought it was good that's a business now that's that's actually what i do for my life i have my own podcast or i have my own course or business or whatever so that must be a really rewarding thing it's not that you're going out looking for these rewards but something like that must be an amazing like yeah. you said earlier about getting messages like it's it, it is it's it's amazing i gotta be honest i don't remember them all <laughs> you know it's like i it's so bizarre. I mean, it just there's different, different messages, different things. I can put my hand on at least at least twelve, maybe up to fifteen other podcasts that I can let you go. Not only, you know, was I there at the inception? Um, I was also involved in the naming, or maybe came up with a name. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's great. I mean, you know, when people are passionate and they're doing what they're doing, it's like that's fantastic. I'm delighted for them. You know, people left the show and go, I really want to do this. There's there's books I can point at and people go, I wasn't able to tell my story. And then they come on here and next thing you know, we're, you know, here's our book. So um, that's that's amazing. I mean, I had conversation just the other day and, and the girl was saying, you know, I'll never forget what you said to me. And I kind of had to slightly go, okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm not entirely sure what I said. Um, but that was like literally 12 months on and, it's changed her in, in unbelievable ways. And for that, I'm amazingly grateful. Um, you know, it's like, well, but I also don't, I feel like it's not mine per se. You know, it's just, I'm there is kind of going, well, that was supposed to happen or we were to have that conversation or I was just there to help you, to help yourself. That was it, you know? So I don't, I don't get, I don't get too tied up in it. Maybe I'm too humble or maybe I'm not taking on enough recognition myself, but um I think think it's just interrupt you. I think it's because you understand the importance of holding space. So you know that if you hold space for me and I have an idea and you're there not to shoot it down, not to big it up, just to hold space and let me explain it, then if I feel good about it and move on and do it, then it's sort of like, well, yes, I we knocked down the first domino and that's what so so I think that's what happens because I've had it in my own life where you help someone with an idea and they come back going, I made a business and part of you's like, yes. Like, I'm excited for them, but I'm like, of course you should have. Like, if you didn't make a business, I'd be very shocked. Like, you had a good idea, 
we tossed the domino and it went. So maybe that's why I can't, you're not in it for, it's why we get on. You're not in it for praise or like people to flock to you. You, you want people to get something out of everything that you do. Like I've had you on my, and with my groups talking because I know whenever you talk to the group, you've never met the group. Well, you have now, but the first couple of times you're going to deliver as if they're close family. You just want them all to improve and grow. And it's why all of them have read your book. It's why they want you back. It's like all that happens because you do what you do. And I think that's where it gets hard to like really connect with the big wins for people because you're going, well, yeah if you did the things that we talked about then because you you see further than most yeah it's i mean i I always say i mean for me the podcast is like step three of 13 of where i'm going i Mm -hmm. don't know what all those steps are you know i know i know roughly and this is the weird thing it's like you say to anyone it's like i know i'm capable of more you know that's always a question it's always a a quite defining thing is again you know are you capable of more most people well i'd say probably 99.9 percent of the population go well yeah it's like, okay, so what's holding you back? What else is possible? Um, yeah. And that, so that's that's kind of why I like, you know, chatting to people and going, I don't know. I know you're capable of more. So I'd be curious to find out. Maybe this is all going to snap together. And I do get moments like almost every week, I'm kind of going, Boof, here's this realization that actually the wording that's used or something that's said or that pattern or something else. So it's it's all starting to, you know, drop into shape but then for that reason i i genuinely you know be believe that we'll be sitting with you know will smith is one there sad guru you know all these guys and i'll be just sitting having a fantastic just connected conversation you know and and i, I know already i'll sort of walk in there without pen and paper it'll just be just will be um and you know have just an amazing connection and that's the to the point I've said, I don't care if it's if it's actually recorded or not, if it's used or not, if that makes sense. It's yeah. almost this thing just to connect with someone on that level and, and have that. And then, um, you know, the, it's not done for the recording. It's done for the connection and the person. Um, and, yeah, it's life-changing for me and for them and everyone else, you know. So, And that, that, that is very regular common feedback for me. It's like this is the best podcast I've been on, or, you know, this is really right up there. You asked some weird, wonderful questions. And <laughs> I went, I mean, I did one uh, two nights ago and the guy was like, okay, this, I didn't, I went down more rabbit holes here than I ever intended. And I've told you stuff that I never really intended to make public. And he's well-spoken. Um, so, and he's like, but I'm cool. I'm totally comfortable, you know? So I don't set out to do that per se, but it's just, seems to be a space that I can make for people. So what a privilege, right? I love the idea of coming in with pen, an empty piece of paper and a pen. So you can take notes if you need to during it, but you don't, you're not coming in with like, if ever, anyone that's thinking about starting a podcast, the first thing they'll do is Google stuff. And it will be, this is the 15 questions to ask on your podcast. And it's why so many feel because they're born. People are asking the same born questions. Whereas you're listening to the person and then adding your twist to things and then asking the questions because you're you're not afraid of the answer. People tend to shy away from questions because the answer might fear them and you they might say something deep and then you're like, oh God, as the interviewer going, I wasn't ready for that. Now what do I do? Whereas you're quite content and happy to do that. 
So I love that idea. And I love the idea of how high up your your vision is. So you're not just thinking, oh, I'm going to get like a couple of people from around my town and maybe the biggest person in Ireland, like you're going <clears throat> Will Smith and other people like him. Hmm. So whenever you're talking about that, it got me thinking, do you find it difficult to have like small talk more people? <laughs> um, I've honestly probably yes. If the if the conversation like I really struggle with normal TV, let's say, you know stuff like that, or yeah. same with the radio, or where someone is either packing out packing out noise to fill time, I'm just like going, I really don't need this in my life. <laughs> It's like, it's, you know, same with conversations or, and we all have it. Um, You know, there's people where you go to, you just need to do this, 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 or here they come again. You know, it's like, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's be fair to say, I'd rather have a a deep and, and, you know, connected conversations than 50 light ones, you know? Um, Yeah. Which can be hard too, because you know your friends that don't want to be don't want to go have a deep conversation. They just want to talk rubbish, which you know you can do on that. Let it depends. It's totally, um, it totally depends. You know, but I've definitely led down the path of saying more and more. It's, you know, I I value a good connection as opposed to, you know, a, a light and, and meaningless ones. You know, it's you know a question that will punch the air to someone's lungs. You know, it's like that to me. It's actually more you will have more connection. You will, you know, you know yourself, you can change someone's life through words in an extremely short period of time that will undo a lifetime of history and, and reset their um, agenda for the rest of their life. You know, and that's through a conversation. It's like, is that not one of the most powerful connections you can ever have with someone? And quite often they may not even realize you've done it or said it. Uh, and that that's a superpower, right? Yeah. I, I fully agree. I think that people, again, people are so afraid of looking at themselves that the, like, the conversation about Coronation Street or Love Island or something is easier because you don't need to, like, like if people bring that into me, I, I noticed that I started to get really bad at small talk. So then I started to work out ways around it, like covert small talk that would bring into, so if they talk to me about Love Island, that this guy did this, I would go, I funny that's not what I would have done what would you have done in that situation if this was happening in your life and then they get then I, I work my way into it um what's like is you said there you make you make a connection and they leave going god I really enjoy talking to that person and that might spark something of them going maybe I should look at myself and maybe I can change and maybe the possibilities are there to to move forward and do anything which segues me beautifully into how did we end up with a book when you were diagnosed with dyslexia decided you were just going to do a podcast instead and now there's a book there's a book and more to come um it's it is the there's the book be hard to be rich listen to your inner genius just to get it out there and make sure it's it's available on amazon and all uh, all good publishers, uh, all good uh, shops, let's say. Um, how did it happen? Like a lot of things, I kind of, I was fascinated by the process. Um, and so many people I'd spoken to and, and like some of the interviews that we haven't published, it's like 
Well, there's one lady in particular that always comes to my mind and, and her story and over about two and a half hours, there was maybe seven massive events to the point it almost became uncanny listening to her story. Um, and, you know, it's like for somebody, if they were involved in like a, uh, a terrorist activity, right? Well, that, that would be an event. There's a book in that, right? And then, you know, to have mm-hmm. another life event, you know, significant life event of something that happened to, and this went on seven times. The point I get at the end of the interview, and it's like, this is too much for people, you know, and it's actually doing you no favors. It needs to be decompressed. You know, and then so many people saying to me as well, it's like, you know, how, how are you doing what you're doing? What, what, what is it? So I suppose for me, I was just trying to explain in my words, it's going, listen, the one thing I've found is like, everyone is capable of so much. Everyone is passionate about something. You know, everyone has that that sort of desire rich inside them. The question is, you know, has it come out yet? Um, so that's been the common thing. So with the book, it was almost that kind of, again, I, I, I'd love people to see it as a bit of a manual. You know, I've tried to explain how, what holding the space means, what listening to someone means, what, um, you know, people's different language means, why, why we should listen to each other, you know, and, um even you know speaking to uh someone about you know even about you know the way the samaritans work you know a long conversation with someone about that and and how it is and part of me is like you know it's brilliant but there's almost a missing bit you know you can talk somebody away from a situation which is and this is not to take away from any of the the services like the samaritans because it's amazing but it's actually going but what do you do next and this, this is what I find slightly fascinating is that somebody, how do you take somebody who's at their darkest, deepest hour and then have it that they actually go, they bounce, you know, 180 degrees or 360 degrees the other way. And suddenly they are doing the absolute best in their life. So they've used the fuel and the energy from one to drive the other. And that to me was just, it's mind blowing mm-hmm. because then it's genuine. It's because... I'm doing this because I never want to go back here again. I, you know, this is, it's so important to me is because this literally is, was my lifesaver. or This was my reason. You know, I was at a point where saying, let it all go. I'm happy to forfeit the whole thing. But actually, since then, I've discovered when I do this thing, that actually it's given me meaning, it's given me everything else. All the other stuff has just fallen away. And the purity of that and you can just the simplicity my job is to help my job you know if if my job here is to facilitate and just chat to people and it brings out the best in them or it helps them or drives them well then i'm you know i'm happy to serve that's it's as simple as that really um you know and mix it in with a bit of business and you know a few other ideas or whatever else and then next thing people are going god you know it's great having that conversation with you so uh, again, I've totally lost the, lost the question, but um, <laughs> as I tend to do, but that's the thing. I just get into the conversations. What's coming next? And it's almost, I always joke as you were saying, you, you, you get a bag of popcorn and going, oh, I'm, I'm curious to know what I'm about to say because I don't know. It just comes out, right? Yeah, that's what, what made me think when you, because you slipped off the wee path there and I was thinking, you talk about flow a lot and you go into flow all the time. So for anyone that didn't understand what you mean by you just let people get into flow. What is that? Can you describe what that would be like? So people, because I know a lot of people, when I say to them, I just let you go there because you were in flow. They go, I didn't, what do you mean? I don't, 
and then I have to explain it. And they're like, God, oh, I do that all. The time. I didn't know that was a good thing. I try to pull myself back, and you're like, you're restraining yourself from what you actually want to say. So, for a two-parter again, for yourself, self first. What's it like to go into flow and just go off? Because you keep catching yourself doing it, <laughs> and then what's it like? For your guests, like, how, how, do your guests know that they're in flow? If there's people listening now, is there a way of describing it so they'll they'll have that wee light bulb of, God, I do that all the time. So, first of all, what's it like for you to? Why is flow so important, and and, and why do you? How do you find yourself in it? I suppose. So flow comes in different ways. Um, you could see it as a rant sometimes. You know, if it's if it's not necessarily positive, you know, you're just ranting. It's, it's, it's basically when you are speaking at the same speed or quicker than you're thinking. Okay. So if ever you sort of go on, all right, I, I really shouldn't say that out loud. Okay. So we'll say something else instead. Okay. So that's, that's, you know, that's almost premeditated. I've decided in advance what I'm going to say. Whereas when you hit a subject where you kind of go, I just know this, you know, and I'm going to, you know, so for, for me, it could be mindset. It could be property because that's one of my background hobbies and, things like that. Well, I'll just go into it and just go, right. You know, someone says, right, I've got X, Y, and Z. What do you think? And it's like, well, you could do this, 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 this. And then you just think about that. Think about this, think about that. And I'm not even have to think about it. It's just, it's coming out and it's, you know, in my head, it's going to go, okay, that, you know, right. We'll say this next or whatever. And it just, it's there. And to the point you kind of go on, hold on. Have I, have I got your original question? Have I completely lost you? Because there's a string of information that I believe would be useful to you. And I would love to convey that to you. So I'm using a lot of that language. It's the love language, it's positivity. It's getting it out there. Um, you know, so that flow state is where you don't feel controlled or you're sitting there going, don't know what to say next or whatever. You know, it's something that you, you know, you can be well-versed on that you're passionate about or, you know, it, it just means a lot to you. Um, and that could be anything from a pet through to your job, through to, a sport, you know, to a football team, you know, so if someone, if they particularly like a football team, they'll know a lot of, excuse me, a lot of facts and figures about the football team. They'll, they'll research it. They'll do this. They'll want to learn more and have more. So um, those are the places where we tend to go into flow. Um, it's in the interviews, it tends to typically, if I was to pen that down an average time, probably about 35 to 40 minutes in, it's when we get past the conscious mind, when, you know, what's your name? Pete, what do you do? Da, 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 da. Um, so people are very, you know, slightly stagnated at the start because they're, they're sort of slightly on on uh, on guard as to what's coming. And then after a while, and you literally can point in some of the videos and you can hear it in some of the audios where people literally sit back and they're kind of going, I kind of like this conversation. It's good. This guy's, you know, he's not trying to catch me out or he's just doing it. We're just chatting. And then as a result, it's like going, God, it's like chatting to a friend. And I tell friends different things and I can be passionate and I don't, I don't feel like I have to stand on guard or anything else. And literally the conversation shifts gears and they will then go into a flow state about something or whatever they're passionate about. And it can be 10, 15 minutes, you know, maybe more sometimes. Um, and I think for me, when I started to spot it and, and it was learning because the one thing I love is, is saying to people, is, you know, learn how you learn, you know, learn how you work. Um, so for the book, I mean, I basically spoke my book, you know, because that's the thing with dyslexia. It's not, I mean, I'm, 
I'm naturally more creative, you know, just so to describe to anyone how dyslexia is generally diagnosed, it's essentially an IQ test, you know, but with other sort of written and numerical stuff thrown in. So the saying is, you know, you think at a different speed that you write at. So then why would you insist that somebody write down? Whereas actually, if you remove one of the steps in the process and you just say, just speak, because you can speak as fast as you think, therefore it can come out. And then you're not having to think, right, I'm next going to write this, or, you know, I'll wait till my hand catches up. Or, you know, whilst I was doing that, I drifted off into another little world. But instead, when you say to people, listen, there's a, there's a black thing that sits in front of you that actually just records all the sounds. That's cool. So you don't need to worry about making any notes or doing anything else. Just tell us your thoughts. And therefore, when you get into thoughts, I mean, we've all done it. You daydream. You know, I was thinking about this and then that made me laugh, which made me think about this, which made me think about this. And then someone goes, what are you laughing at? It's like, do you know what? I would, it would take me probably half an hour to tell you everything as to why I was laughing in that five second place. Right. So you get a glimpse into someone's mind, which to me is flow state. Yeah, that's brilliant. I, I do it a lot with movies. I'll be talking like a, on, on my live videos, whatever I'm talking, 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 and I'll say a line that's from a movie and then and for because I want to cut that flow state out of training myself to stop it for if I have a specific goal, I'll just say the name of the movie. So there's loads of videos, Robert, like it happened two days ago and I'm talking, talking, talking. And then all of a sudden I just say Con Air and then I continue talking because if I didn't say that, I would have went off on my own wee internal ta- tangent. Um, so I, I think that like the idea of the flow state now and what you're describing about how you wrote your book was via just recording it first and then tidying it all up. There'll be a lot of people listening that'll go, I could do that. I have a book inside me, but I don't know how to write it. Or like I I talked about it before, whenever I wrote my book, I speak a lot better with better vocabulary than I write because my spelling is atrocious from just not being allowed at school. So I might go to write a word and then my brain has to go, we can't spell that. Use these five words instead, and that'll bypass that one word. So I would write like an eight-year-old and speak like a, a human adult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just letting people know that that is a possibility, like you can. And that's Probably. something that I know you help people with, because you even said at the start of this, like you, there's books you can point at that you're like, that didn't exist until our conversation. So uh, I just think that'll be a nice revelation for people to go, all right, I can do that. Because most times when people ask about yeah. book, how do you write a book? Oh, sit down. Oh, it's while on a hat. Oh. It's like you don't want them to do it. It's your special thing. Whereas you're like, here, just do this. What else do you want to know? Do you yeah. want to buy a house? This is how you do that. Do you want to do this? This is how you do that. Um, so whenever people, so we've talked about the flow and now people are going to be sitting thinking, God, I do that all the time. So flow for me, and you've described it as well, is when people hit their passion. So now people who have thought there's nothing I'm passionate about just realized, God, I go into flow all the time when I talk about Pokemon cards. How do I turn that into something? So how do you then direct the passion for the people you're that you that you've just helped on uncover it for them? What what do you what do you do with it then? How do you direct that for them? Or is there a way of putting that in so that they're not all over the place anymore? They're actually going in a straight line yeah i mean i think sometimes we all get a bit you know we can over label you know people sort of get an idea and go on 
I'd love to see this as a multi-million dollar movie and book set and blah, blah, blah. And you kind of go on, unintentionally, you just stamped on the creativity. Do you know what I mean? You you kind of go, what is this? Or maybe this thing that's going to make me rich. Rather than just saying, listen, let it flow. Um, Because one of the things, I suppose, reading uh, Think, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, and that book was created out of basically interviewing 500, uh, what was it, 504 great minds. And that's the thing is saying, what I suppose I've discovered there is it's not, you know, we all think a lot of things in common, but it, what is completely unique is our view on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the thing is saying that your view, your passion is completely unique for different reasons. And it could be because it was significant or something happened in your life or whatever else it is. Well, then if you can sort of be passionate enough to learn or become the most learned person about that thing, and that could be anything from, I've had some of the most random conversations from tea cozy knitting right through to demolition. And their thing was, they were just naturally curious about that thing. And then they were sort of, how could I knit a tea cozy quicker? How could I, you know, do this? And if you follow, I think it's the Malcolm Gladwell principle, about 10,000 hours to become an expert, you know, they're saying, well, if you studied something or learned about something with no no knowledge or just accepting and letting it grow as it grows, you know, for 10,000 hours, but what, what could happen? It's like, I don't know. Um, but I'm passionate enough and I'm, I'm, you know, energetic enough to let it just grow and find its own thing well therefore then it finds its own natural shape without trying to sort of go on i had an idea it should be a book well maybe it should maybe it shouldn't you know you, mm-hmm. but you've just stamped out the creativity because you've tried to define its future before it's even had a chance to flourish it's a bit like going i've just had a child it shall be an investment banker maybe it should maybe it shouldn't who knows it might be that that's just not the thing for it or it's dyslexic no harm to investment bankers, but and my, as soon as you said that, I was like, why did you pick the most boring thing you could think of for that poor child? Um, but that's the thing, I, right? you know, <laughs> I was talking to someone this morning. It's like, I don't know, it's almost like trying to explain quantum physics to an ant. You know, it's like, you know, just don't stamp on the tree. Just let it flourish in its own natural state, you know. But that is the difference, I think, with the passion, you know. If you're good at something, you kind of want to monetize it. You want to force it. You want to, you know, you want to almost let it sort of fly before you've even got all the all the facts straight and why it's important. All the rest. When it's a passion, you kind of go, "Listen, I'm I'm more than happy to invest more time and energy in before I look to monetize it or before I, I seek for this thing." In fact, and and you talk to anyone that's super passionate, they're kind of going, listen, I get to do what I love to do and I'm really well paid for it. I didn't intend to be well paid for it. It just happened because they don't stamp on it and go on, how do I monetize this? How do I push this? How do I force this down someone's throat and, you know, yank the money out of their pocket at the same time? It's like going, well, yeah, you might get away with that for a while, but it won't be long. Um, And then it's only a matter of time. But when it's passionate, then you go, listen, I love to do it. And it's without condition. You know, something I'm, I'm happy, yeah. I'll learn more, I'll do more. I think that you hit it on the head there when you're saying that if you just do it, like, and you don't intend to make money of it, you can. That's what I found is the people, the people I spoke to is they're the ones that are the most successful because they didn't go hunting. Once you go hunting, you'll do like, a, you'll go and do an NLP course online for like seven quid and be like, I'm an NLP master. 
give me my clients and then you don't learn anymore because you don't need to you're already you've already done it you've got your piece of paper that tells you you've done it and then six months down the line you're still forcing it and forcing it and, and you're getting nowhere whereas like for me personally it was magic when i started doing magic i just did it because it was something to do outside of kung fu and then people like go and show me a trick and then eventually i'm at an event and they invite me on stage and then it just escalates into i'm teaching magicians and people are like like when i teach them and they're like how did you do this and i'm like i don't know <laughs> i just did a card trick to this guy one day and then four years later i'm standing here like opening the show for paul daniels thinking what is happening here? How did I end up in this room? What? Just don't tell anyone. I don't know what I'm doing. Just pretend. Um, whereas I've met people that just learn it, learn a couple of things. And then they're like, I'm just going to go and make this, make it, force it be my job. I don't think that works. Yeah. But so I love the idea if you're, you're like holding space for them to get into the flow, to get into their passion, to then go somewhere with it. But what makes you stand out is that you then, are a successful person so you can go right this is what you need to do as well if you want to make that instead of going yeah go ahead <laughs> let's just see what happens um i do think i mean listen i think you're it, it all catches up at some point that's what happened to me right so you know eventually you get to the stage of you know you can do things for other people or for because that's what you expected i do think at some point you get in your life where you go do you know what? I can't carry this anymore. I'm doing what I, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't have the energy to keep doing a job that I don't love or, you know, missing out on this or I'm forfeiting time with the kids or time on the golf course or time, whatever. And just the price that you pay gets too high. Um, and I find that, and it's, it's, it's a scary moment, but also a beautiful moment when you actually discover that, I've just had this whole story running, you know, and why I do what I do when actually it's not, that's not the case at all. And that, that light bulb moment of going, but me, I could do whatever I want to do here. Isn't that awesome? You know? And yeah. I think the, the, that energy that's given off at that time, because it's, it's that sort of slight you know, freshness or innocence or that sort of rejuvenated idea. And, and, because what comes with that is a slight energy. And I know I, cause I feel this, it's, it's almost this slight, it's not desperation, but this, this urgency to keep up or to, to make up for lost time, mm-hmm. which I think when you create and you do it, you know, why do I do a lot of pocket? Well, you know, we release three a week, you know, people say, well, I only release one a week or I could, you could release one a month, whatever your thing is. But my thing is, well, if I can do it and you can do lots of it, well, why not? You know, don't mind this. People will tell you, oh, it's too much or it's this or it's that. And, you know, you know, I take the podcast up to even five episodes a week and, you know, and, and you get so much feedback from people, but then they don't know your intention. It's mm-hmm. like, well, but if you can, you should, you know, or someone say, if you can, you must, you know, but if it's your passion and you can, you must, you know, I think that's, that's the thing. Um, and why not? You know, if I could do interview more people, then that gets me a step closer, you know, six degrees of separation that everyone I want to speak to is only six degrees away. You know, I speak to him, mm-hmm. he speaks to him, he speaks to him, you know, and then the, when I get to speak to them, I, I have a, you know, an amazing conversation, an amazing connection. And then the next person, the next person. So I don't fully know where I'm going, 
Um, but I just know that I'm passionate about it. I enjoy doing it. I think it's fantastic to connect with people. And I mean, what a, what a pleasure to get chatting to people, you know, all around the world, literally. Yeah. From, from your own house, you don't even have to go anywhere to do it. That's what I love about all this. Uh, I think like the way you're describing there, like passion is killed by inaction. So a lot of people won't take the action because they don't know where they're going, where the final goal is. But like you've repeatedly said it here, you don't know the fight, like you don't know the end, you know, things along the way, but like, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know, I really like this and it makes me feel good in my life that I'm doing this and, and I'm not boring myself to death with the guy I used to work in a bar. Like I hated it. So you, you can do, I could do 80 hours in a bar. So why couldn't I do 80 hours doing what I love instead? And, move forward that way so whenever it comes to making taking the first step how do people end up with a podcast with a book like if someone was on the fence thinking this all sounds like me i sound like i was sort of struggling then i found my passion and now i know what flow state is now i know what i'm really passionate about what how do i start where do i go what do i do and this is this is life, right? We're afraid of the things we know nothing about, and so I know for the book, like, and and I love saying to people, it's like we have we live in amazing times. So Amazon have a printing department, publishing department, that will print your book for a whole four pounds, give or take, maybe five, maybe three. So theoretically you could be a published author for four pounds. Is that not awesome? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and, and that, that's what I like to say to people. It's like, listen, it's possible. Anything is possible. Have you got four pounds? If you can buy a coffee, you can do that. Then you can publish a book. It's the same. I mean, you look at the podcast. Once you have Zoom or you have, you don't even need Zoom. You can, you know, there's any number of platforms out there you could have. But then the rest is time and energy, you know? So it's like, I don't pay per episode per, you know, for, for speaking to people all around the world. It's a, a Zoom license, you know, it's, I use Zoom and, you know, like I said, there's other platforms available. Um, so <laughs> not endorsed, <laughs> not, not endorsed. Yeah. yeah. Unless they want to give me a free license, but, um, but no, that's the thing, because everyone goes, oh, I haven't got, you know, I can't afford it. And it's like going, literally, I'm sitting here going, for whatever it is, £30 a month. I don't even know. But say £30 a month. I could speak to people, you know, and have 20 deep conversations with people all around the world for that cost. So it's like, you can't tell me it's the money. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, you know, there's many platforms that will uh, load up your podcast. You know, now, of course, there's different levels and scales and how much you want to do and time and quality and all that. So, I mean, yes, like, but that's the same with anything in life. You know, you could go out for a walk. Okay. That's bar the clothes in your back. That's the cost. Or you could buy the best trousers, the best shoes, the best things, GPS, satellite tracking, blah, 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 blah. So you can listen, you can always ramp it up. But just to know the fact that actually you can start off with very little. And then once you have mm-hmm. done it, 
and you do it for a while, then suddenly you might go, okay, I'm enjoying this a bit more. I'm going to upgrade this. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to do this. What's the difference between that and life? You know, you start off and saying, I might, I might see if I can stand up, you know, as a little kid. And then next thing you know, you're running around the house, you know, so it's the same with everything in life. We just keep upgrading what we're doing. It's kind of go, Oh, I like that. That gave me a bit of freedom. That gave me a bit of choice. I'll do a bit more of that. Same for me with the podcast, same with the book. Once someone's sort of going, do you realize it's as simple and as quick as doing, you know, you can talk your book, Amazon, knowing that you don't need to, you know, you can go the publisher route or you can go the self-publishing route. So the self-publishing route being, you know, Amazon direct. And then you basically, like you say, pay your four pounds and you can be an author. So it's not always, you know, people get carried away. It's like, I don't know how, or I don't know why. And that's what I love just bursting that myth and saying, you know, and we've all heard it there. It's like information for free, implementation for a fee. And this is saying, I'll tell you. And if you've driven enough, I mean, people say you could learn more on YouTube than you would ever learn in any university in the world. So again, it's, you know, if you have an internet connection and a device to look at it, you know, you don't have to be enrolled in some major university or anything else. The difference being is you want to, you know, as opposed to going mm-hmm. somewhere else where they might go, well, listen, I'm going to push you down this curriculum and then print you out a piece of paper, you know? So, um, slight tangent again, but I mean, it, that's, that's the simplicity and I'm finding more and more, you know, we, it's the stories we tell ourselves, well, I couldn't write a book or I know somebody that did, or, you know, we have all these things as opposed to just going, just ask the question, how do I write a book? How do, you know, I've had more people messaging me and all this. Can you tell me how to start a podcast? Okay. To the point, I, I mean, I sort of make little videos and go do this, do this, do this, only because I've repeated it now so many times and gone, if you want to start doing this, then watch my video and then you can replay it and you can do what you need to do, you know? Because um, why not? Listen, support everyone around you because if it helps them find their passion, their, you know, their thing, is that, is that going to make the world a better place? I mean, uh, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Feels feels like I should be pushing but for a, a. I should have just mic drop there. We should have ended it right on that. That not make the world a better place. <laughs> Good night. Um, but I'm going to ask you other things anyway. Who is the book for? So you've got this book out now. Be here to be rich. Who should read it or listen to it if it becomes an audio book? The the natural thing I'd say is anyone that's actually, and I, it was it was where I was at. I suppose you know, absolutely, you know, flogging my back, doing what I was doing, you know, work-wise. And listen, I was lucky in that I was successful in what I did and, you know, there was so much there, but actually the the meaning and the purpose of it was, you know, it meant very little to me. I was busy. I was super busy, right? You know, and I was was getting my sort of meaning from achievements. You know, it was pushing for the pay rise. It was for the next project. It was for the you know, the, the annual appraisal or the feedback from the client or whatever it was, that's the only thing that fed me. Of course, when you start to change that or take that away, then it comes away. So the book came in and, and that's really where I wanted to sort of say to people is like, listen, the answers are coming out of your mouth all the time. And also they're coming out of the mouths of all the people around you all the time. They're actually telling you, you know, if you listen, if you take time to actually listen, they are telling you what's right or what's wrong. And it's like, it's as simple as that. 
you know, people go, I don't know what's wrong. It's like, yeah, yeah, again, you've told me. You just, you're telling me these things. And that's where I was at. It's just nobody was catching that I was, I was giving off all the signals of distress. I was giving off all the signals that, yeah, it's great, but, you know, just the depth of how I felt about what it was, it was just super shallow. It was nothing there. So it's for people, I suppose, that are scratching the head going, is there more? You know, where do I go? Am I capable of more? Could I do more? What could I do? You know, so it's saying, and that's the thing, it's like, be, you know, be heard, you know, so as in be heard is in yourself or others to be rich and that's to be rich in all the areas of life, you know, your, your financial, mental, physical, you know, spiritual, whatever richness means to you and saying is it's coming out of your mouth. It's, it's being heard, hear your own voice, hear your own ideas, your own passions, hear your own things to be, you know, the most abundant life that you can possibly be. So, um, I mean, what a, yeah, what, what an amazing and, and fortunate thing to have really for people. So that's, that was, you know, really who the book is for. Um, not everyone's going to get it. I mean, cause we talk about the eight levels of consciousness in the book, which it kind of, it came out of me in flow state. It was kind of, you know, it's my favorite bits. <laughs> it was, so it was like, do you know, when you start talking about something and then the next thing the brain goes, do you know what? It's like that. And I was like, yeah, it's like a Russian doll. And then I think, right. So it's like a Russian doll and you take off a layer and it's like, oh, there's more to this person. It's multidimensional. And oh, there's another, oh, it's, it's like a magic trick, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and it is, it's, it's splitting through those layers and that came out and, and, um, the girl Heather Shields, that was my editor, and also the the person lucky enough to sort of hear the book as we spoke it through. Yeah, yeah, it's that it's that thing where, and that's the way we wanted to actually draw it. So for anyone that's listening, it it looks like a Russian doll, so it's a cut through. But we also want to have it like as a um, like a, a what do you call it, like a magic eye. So when you saw that diagram from the side, what it actually was was the inner, the most solid innermost Russian doll, if you like, is actually far bigger than the outer one. So it, it's, yeah. a, it's a, what do you call it? It's like a visual illusion. So actually what's inside you is far greater than what's outside, you know? So that's the point. I would rather have a, a deep conversation with somebody and connect uh, in that way than I would be sort of chatting or chasing after very um, light things, let's say, you know? So... There's wee things like that, and I, but I, I really try to keep the book at a level that people could, it would it would certainly tease them and push them, but not drown them. You know, is that sort of yeah. trying to keep it that level? Because I do get into conversations where we're talking multi dimensions, we're talking you know different lives, you know energy, all this stuff. And uh, truth be told, that loses a vast chunk of the population, and it probably would have lost me. So I've tried to hold it a space somewhere between roughly where I am now and where I was so mm. that actually maybe if people could follow this route, that uh, it might be useful for them. Yeah, I think that's what one of the ways I was telling people about your book that is it has a massive like spam, but it hits you at every level. So no matter where you come into the book, you'll, there's enough information, enough understanding of people that I'm not coming in and just being like, this is too overwhelming. It's not for me. I'm coming in at, at, you're able to talk to people at their level, not at your level, whether that's, they are super high level spiritual listening to like all this stuff and have been there and done that. Or like you said, they're just 
their passion has just been awakened. Mm. I think that is what makes you um, a great mentor, a great interviewer, and just that's why the book reaches so many different people because you're hitting every level. And that's why I love the Russian doll thing. We've talked about this a couple of times. Like it's my favorite part of it because it just easily explains a really intricate thing. Like it's anyone can come in at any level and go right. I get, I get this. I'm with this. I'm here. And I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to achieve because not many people can do that. And they, they lose people because they don't understand how to lower their level of thinking or, or improve their level of thinking or change the way that they word things or like, I suppose what I'm saying is that your ego never seems to get in the way of what, of your teaching. Like you're happy to reword things. You're happy to come down to a level that's needed. You don't need to be like, I'm the king of this and I stay here and you better work out how to get up to me. You're sort of like, look, wherever you are, I'll come to that level. And I'll bring you with me or at least I'll show you the path. Um, so I love that. Uh, I know I don't want to keep you too long on this podcast. That is your podcast that I am this special guest host of. Is there anything to round up you think would be great for your listeners or any final words of wisdom? You know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have, you know, there's so many words of wisdom, but I mean, Words of wisdom have all come to me from other people or through books or through my own, you know, and even that, you know, that came out this morning. It's like, instead of, you know, the tail wagging the dog, it's like, is it the mind wagging the universe or is the universe wagging the mind? It's, it's random stuff that I come up with. I don't know what you do with that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, so there's certain things that my brain just pumps out these little funny things, which makes me laugh. <laughs> um, you know, I, I suppose there's a couple of things, you know, it's, it's understanding your own story and your own script, you know, it's like, listen, what makes you happy? Um, you know, what's, what is fact and what's story? You know, there's so many things where people, you just go, and I, that's probably what I see And the hardest thing. It's not, it's hard and it's not hard. It's going, it's none of my business. What other people do, if they choose to listen, then they choose to listen. That's cool. Um, there's people I go, wow, you're going to have a serious wake up someday maybe they will maybe they won't you know and that's a huge thing i've sort of had to learn is going listen it's also none of my business you know if someone chooses to leave their life in a certain way because i'm sure there's other people looking at me going if he just did this this and this and maybe i should maybe i shouldn't who knows um you know but i suppose it's the thing is just i come back to the unintentional and the the genius of the title you know being fire in the belly it's non-geographical, it's non-denominational, it's non-political, it's just is. I can, and I have, I've spoken to 17-year-old ornithologists in Australia through to, you know, sort of 80-plus-year-old veterans in America. You know, just the, the most diverse and random selection of people, you know, and magicians in Northern Ireland, you know, it's like all these crazy and weird and wonderful people. But yet, deep down, you kind of go on, we all... We all have similar wants and beliefs, but we have a completely unique and beautiful way of looking at it. So why not celebrate it, you know? And uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I really do. I like seeing people being in a great place because when they're in a great place, you know, we all know when we're in a great mood, we're, we're a joy to be around. 
You know, everyone is. I don't care how good looking or bad looking or how rich or poor you are. When you're when you're someone that's in great form and giving off great energy and and positiveness, it's great. Mm-hmm. No different. You know, find your passion, and then you will give off that energy, and then the other material trappings in life may or may not follow. Who cares? So don't know if that was wise enough, but that's that's what's yeah. coming to me right now. I feel wiser with hearing it, so I assume that everyone else does as well. Uh, Peter, I just want to really thank you for letting me be part of this journey and letting me be on as a guest host for the Fire in the Belly podcast. Um, for everyone listening, I was going to do a roundup. I was like, for everyone listening, you know how to find Pete. It's right here because you're already here. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone, find your passion, find your fire in your belly. Follow Pete. Liam, thank you. You're very welcome. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.